I just wanted to say this is some of the best sports talk that I've heard in all of my sports talk years. Welcome to another episode of the Stayos Podcast, where we have sports talk and other stuff. This is Chris once again. I'm here with Jordan and Calvin. What up, fellas? What's going on? What's going on, fellas? Yes, sir. It's your boy, Cali Cal. So we're going to get started real quick, fellas. We're going to talk about what's hot right now. NCAA March Madness is upon us. So we're going to run through some brackets real quick, uh, take a look at who we like to take it all, and uh, maybe some dark horses or some Cinderella's that we might see coming out of these brackets. Okay. All right. Let's get it. Yeah, man. I'm looking at, uh, in my opinion, man, I think what's going to happen is you're going to have Villanova in Tennessee. So Villanova is going to come out the east, and I think Tennessee is going to come out the south. And then if I was to take my pick on the west brackets, I'm going with Duke coming out of the Midwest and Ohio State coming out the west. So you got a, mm. so you got a final four of Arizona, Ohio State, Duke, and Villanova. No, I got a uh, Tennessee Villanova. Okay, okay. Tennessee Villanova, uh, Ohio State, and Duke. Tennessee Villanova, Ohio State, and Duke. So no doubt you got Tennessee playing Ohio State, Villanova playing Duke. Yep. Yep. Okay. And who you got taking it? Okay. It's going to be Duke, man. You know what? Duke just has uh, – they got too much firepower, man. And when you got Marvin Bagley in the center and he's just dominating every single night and putting up the numbers in the stat line that he's putting up, it's it's really difficult for uh, the rest of the teams to be able to compete with that. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I'm actually – as I'm looking at my brackets, uh, let's see. I got in the Midwest, Bagley and the boys. I got Duke. I got Duke. Yeah, they, they, they have a lot of firepower. In the East, I'm going with Villanova as well. Great offense. Uh, I think they have the most points average, somewhere around 85 or 84 a game. So uh, I don't think they can be stopped coming out of that one. Uh, the South is where I get a little bit uh, iffy, you know, because uh, in my heart of hearts, I think it's Arizona or Virginia, even though I really can't stand Virginia. Virginia is boring. They'll win just by putting up 20 points and then, you know, only giving up 10 points. It, I, I just hate the way they play, but they're a very good team on the defensive side. Arizona, of course, you got DeAndre Aiden and those boys. Uh, my homer pick coming out of the South. Uh, they just won a nail body today. Is your very own Loyola, Illinois Ramblers? Let's get rambling. 
even though uh, that that won't last that long. So, oh well. Uh, and then coming out the West, I'm gonna go with Gonzaga. I'm gonna go with Gonzaga. But who I got taking it all? Whoo! I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with Villanova, man. I think that offense is just really high octane, high powered. So uh, I'm I'm gonna stick with them boys. Okay. 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 Um, this is what I'm seeing right now. Uh, this is my final four. I got Arizona coming out the south. I got Gonzaga coming out the west. I got Michigan State coming out the Midwest. Mm. And I have Purdue coming out of the east. Mm. I think um, I like Villanova. I like Villanova. I really do. But uh, it's just it's something about Purdue got like those two big lumbering seven footers, man. And and I <laughs> yeah. think that they can they can slow the game down. Uh, they can clog that lane that Villanova attacks and uh, kind of make a walk out of the game and take it. And in the end, I think Michigan State is going to take it all. They're going to beat Purdue. Um. Because just you know they they are familiar with each other both of them being from the Big Ten I think Michigan State has a, a good balance of offense and defense that'll that'll help them take it all man and they're gonna be Arizona in the finals after Arizona uh, whoops up on Gonzaga but uh, Loyola already man fulfilling uh, some prophecy for me uh, pulling off the upset some other upsets yeah uh, I see. I see Missouri winning a couple games. Uh, no, I really won. They're going to lose to Xavier. But uh, I see San Diego State beating Houston. I don't know if what's happened with them yet. I'm, I'm probably already wrong. But it's not a whole – it's pretty chalk for me through the first few rounds. Uh, Butler's going to pull off their usual, you know, low seed upset. Um, but it's pretty chalk for me. Oh, oh, I got Murray State beating West Virginia. So yeah, uh, mm, upset in the early round, some type of way. Yeah, Mur- Murray State yeah. always seems to be involved in one of those. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they they do a good job. So that's that's what we got. So it should be interesting. It's always interesting. Uh as Cal pointed out last week, man, half these teams we're not all that familiar with, but you know, it holds your excitement because it's a one-and-done type scenario. And, uh, you know, we'll see what turns out. You know, you – and a lot of times, man, the, the teams – it's very rare. Kentucky did it a couple times. But it's very rare that those teams that's loaded with NBA talent win these things. It's always like some ragtag bunch, man, that comes out of these things. So, uh, I look forward to seeing that, even though I got Michigan State picked to win it all. And they probably have – the most NBA talent um, in a starting lineup. I think that the other schools have better talent. Uh, and, you know, if you go man to man, but I think Michigan State has maybe two or three guys that's going to be at, at very worst role players in the NBA. So uh, I do look for them to win. But like I said, Purdue and Gonzaga, those those teams will be around. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I, I have to agree with you on that. I, I think MSU is loaded, and uh, Jaron Jackson is definitely going to be uh, possibly 
well, more than likely a top five pick. Uh, he's a beast. Of course, you know you got your boy Miles Bridges. He might be top ten, top fifteen. Uh, so they, they definitely loaded. But going back to your point, I think a lot of reasons why these uh, these ragtag teams uh, come out of nowhere is mainly because they got a lot of senior players, you know, uh, juniors on their team. The, the the teams with all the talent are usually the one and done teams, the one and done players. Play for a year, go to the league. Play for a year, go to the league. It's just repeat, wash, rinse, wash, repeat. You know, for 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 Kentucky and Kansas and Duke and North Carolina, all those top schools, they get these amazing athletes, amazing players. They play for one year, and whether they win or not, they're leaving to get their money. And so that doesn't really build up time for chemistry on the team. You don't get that camaraderie. You don't get the experience with one another, knowing how this person plays, knowing how that person plays. And so these 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 lower-seeded teams who don't really have uber talent on them, so they know they're going to stay for their whole four years or three years or whatever it may be, they get that chemistry. And really, sometimes that's what beats out talent sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's, it's, it's something to be said on, on the college level for developing that, that chemistry, for gelling. And, and like that's paved the way for a lot of the, the mid-major runs that we've seen. I mean, Gonzaga just kind of – they just kind of built something. Um, Mark Few, I think, just goes and he just happens to find those those second and third tier guys with a chip on their shoulder, and they win. I mean, few, few has figured something out that really few others have, but for the most part um, – you know, like you said, it's it's that it's that gelling from guys that's been playing together for a couple of years, and that's why they win. With that being said, real quick, let's uh, something I, I just wanted to talk about real briefly, and since we are talking about college, um, the step before college, high school, and it's it's a, it's yeah. a feeling of mine, man, that a lot of these. High school players and, and social media may very well be the culprit, but a lot of these high school players, man, they get they get overhyped, they get overpubbed a little a little too soon for me, even overrated uh, to an extent. To where we're looking at these guys, and all we're really seeing on social media and on YouTube, you'll see fifteen minutes worth of dunks, and they're they're dunking on. On guys, you know, teams full of guys who are six inches shorter and six inches shorter and forty pounds smaller, and you know they're they're in the Hicktown, <laughs> USA, and then all of a sudden this guy's going to be the next savior for an NBA franchise, and he's only a senior in high school. And I, I think, I mean, let's be real, Zion Williamson, uh, Mac McClung, we know we know who these yep. guys are already, and, and again, I say social media goes into it. But it's like we're overhyping these guys. We're already putting these cats in the NBA. And there's certain skills they've yet to prove. I mean, I my first – the first video I saw of Zion Williamson hitting a jump shot was literally four weeks ago. So, <laughs> right. you, know, it's, it's, you know, nothing against the kid. Nothing against the kid. He might be great. And, and I'm, I'm not saying he can't be. But my whole thing is like, you know, Let's see what he can do first. Let him – he's going to Duke. Let him go to Duke. Let's see if he can make that jump shot. Uh, if he's going to play on, on the block or he's going to play that a big man's game. You know, people talk about he the next LeBron. 
I see a whole lot of Julius Randle in him. No, oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you know what? Julius Randle is actually a good comparison. You know, and, and that's cool. It's, it's nothing wrong with being Julius Randle. But you're going to have this letdown when you get Julius Randle and it was supposed to be LeBron. You know what? I I don't even see Julius Randle. And uh, the, the main reason why is because I think he has a little bit more athleticism than Julius Randle does, and his game is just a tad bit different. Uh, he does he does beast in the post, but man, he's going against church choir choir boys. Like that that's all I see. Of course, you're gonna kill against those, that type of talent. But uh, my comparison is Josh Smith. Wow, you you're saying he's LeBron James? I think he can be Josh Smith, and Josh Smith carved out a really good NBA career. Like when he was on Atlanta. He was mainly known for his posters. He was on ESPN top 10 almost all the time back when he was in his prime. But, I mean, he wasn't someone that would take you to the promised land. He wasn't the next big thing. And like you said, these guys get overhyped. Matt McClung looks real nice. But put him up against real, real talent and then see what happens. Let them let them kind of expand their game. What is his dribbling like? You know, and I agree with you for the for the first maybe – year of Zion Williamson highlights, it was just, oh my God, look at these amazing dunks. Look at that windmill. Look at him spin. It, it is amazing what he can do with how big he is already and just how high he can get off the ground, but everybody can dunk when you get to the league. I mean, that, that doesn't make you stand out. Exactly, man. It's just... The question is this, though, like, how tall is Zion Williamson? Like, what, what position would he actually play in the NBA? He's, what, 6'8"? Mm-hmm. That's a good I think point. He's six eight, like two fifty. Don't look. Tall he might be a tweener. He doesn't look that tall to me when I look at him. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Six so eight. He might. Be. I mean, six eight is a good size, but I don't know. I don't know what he. So would he be. might be high school, college six eight, and then you get to the league and you six four. <laughs> yeah, he might be Charles Barkley. Right. So I'm uh-huh. actually uh, looking it up. He's six seven, two seventy two. Wow, two seventy-two. That's that's Lord. It's nice. Almost three hundred pounds jumping off like that. That man gonna tear his ACL. I mean, but it's just you know, and and I've I've had conversations with people, man, where they say I'm I'm hard on these kids. I was like, well, I need to see them hit a jump shot. I mean, to, to me, yeah. it's 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 not it's not being harsh to say I need to see a kid hit a jump shot. It's no more harsh than when you're saying we finna draft this guy two years from now and put our franchise around him. I mean, my, my yeah. thing is, is, you know, if, if I'm a fan of an NBA team and I see a Zion Williamson, a Mac McClung, a Sharif O'Neal, young cats like that, you know, again, I respect their talent, you know, but I see them coming out, getting ready to go to college. And you have some guys saying, man, you know, the, 20, the 2019 draft is going to be this, this, and the third. Let me let me see the all around game. Let me see the all around skill, the the full skill set, and then let me tell you if if I'm gonna build my franchise around him. You know, even when LeBron came out and he was getting that fanfare and that hype, yeah, he was doing all these. Well, he, he still does the same dunks. All these tomahawk dunks. Um, he was yeah. he was out passing like magic, man. And and that was you know he was making his teammates better in high school, and that's what what made that, that skill set even more well-rounded to where you said to yourself, all we have to do is get him a consistent jump shot 
We may not even have to do that. With Zion Williamson, it's just like the higher you go in the ranks, you're not just going to be able to boot those all the way to the basket. Very few people are going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not gonna be easy, son. So he might, he might, he might get a rude awakening when he goes to Duke. You know, we'll see. Well, Grayson Allen ain't gonna be there to trip him. You know what? I'm looking at man. <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm really curious to see what this kid RJ Barrett gonna be like, man. I've heard comparisons to Kobe, man. Left-handed too. Really, man. You know how many times people say somebody's Kobe. He's the new number one, uh, right? He's number one high school player. He's ranked number one right now. And then, if we go throughout history, how many of those number one high school players, man, have been boss? Man, a lot. Yeah, I'll never forget when, when I was coming up, Randy Livingston was supposed to have been like basketball Jesus, man. And he never, <laughs> exactly. never panned out. He ended up what, being a backup for the Rockets. Yeah, he did. So, I mean, just when it comes to these high school players, man, just give them time. Be patient. Uh, let them develop a full skill set. And uh, and then we'll talk about whether they're going to change change a franchise. Uh, speaking of changing franchises, uh, NFL free agency is in full swing. Yes, sir. The, uh, the season, uh, the NFL season, the NFL year officially opened up yesterday on the 14th uh, as we're we're podcasting on the 15th it opened up on the 14th of march and we saw a whole lot of movement they had the legal tampering before that so we knew a lot of this was going but we saw a whole lot of movement so what do you think of the movement we're seeing right now fellas man you know what i'm liking it man you if you look at what the bears have right now where you're going after the top receiver in the free agent list right now, and he comes to you, and it's not even like the Bears necessarily went after him like that. He came to them wanting to play for Mitchell and our offense coordinator. Uh, it's, it's looking good for the Bears, man, in terms of where we're at and just the fact that players want to come here. Uh, who else they signed? They signed uh, that other player that's similar to Tevin Coleman to me. What's his name? Um, he uh, he's Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel. Taylor. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's that. He's that speedy wide out. So you got a deep threat, and and the beautiful thing about this is that the Bears don't have, you know, all their receivers are the same type of wide receiver. So you can pretty much plan easy to guard against, uh, you know, all these big wide receivers. But when you got like a big wide receiver, then a real speedy wide receiver, and then you get that tight end that from the Eagles, you know, I think the Bears are looking pretty good, man. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in that same boat, man. I, I really, really love Taylor Gabriel. I've been loving him since he got traded from Cleveland to Atlanta. And uh, from what I heard, I didn't even realize at the combine, he said this man ran a 4.28 or 4.29. So you already know the speed is there. He can take the top off of a defense just like that, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. Like legit speed, not not that fake stuff that we've been trying to put together. You know, big ups to Devin Hester for what he did, but he wasn't a receiver. He was a punt returner. He 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 need to stay in his lane. Taylor Gabriel, this is what he does, and I'm just glad that the new regime, uh, uh, pace has 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 done a good job of kind of writing the ship. 
getting the pieces in place for Trubisky to succeed and take that next step and uh, his uh, his his progress of being a better quarterback. Allen Robinson, in my opinion, is probably the best wide receiver we've gotten in years, and I even put him over our acquisition of uh, Brandon Marshall uh, for many reasons. One, for age, getting a, a, a 24-year-old, you know, albeit that he just came off of an ACL uh, surgery or uh, injury, I, hopefully he can get back to 100%. If he's healthy, man, that is a get. Because y- you don't see young wideout receivers that are true number ones coming out of uh, free agency or actually switching teams. And we got a chance to get them. They snagged them. Uh, Trey Burton, I think, is uh, really, really up and coming. I think he's a, a under-the-radar pick. They actually gave him money that kind of – matches up with some of the top tight ends in the league. You right up there with Travis Kelsey and Gronk and uh, Ertz, who you just came from playing with. I think they have a lot of expectations for him. So him and Shaheen, they'll be running double tight end sets. I think that's going to be a really high-octane offense, man. It's just going to be fun. Even if They may not get a lot of Ws, but it's just going to be fun. So we're going to see a lot with Nagy there and uh, Childress and all of them being disciples of, of Reed along with uh, Doug Peterson out in Philly. They were all disciples of that offense, which is kind of like a hybrid yeah. West Coast. And then they brought the coach in from uh, from Oregon, former head coach of Oregon, who has kind of like a yeah. spread set type mindset. So they already have, have stated that they're going to try to do some hybrid stuff, maybe even come up with some new concepts that we haven't seen in the NFL before. So when we have that, you look at those offenses, you look at what Philly has done over the past few years or what the Chiefs have done over the past few years, and you try to prototype that into maybe what the Bears might do. So you see a Taylor Gabriel, you're going to see maybe a lot of the stuff you saw with Tyreek Hill in Kansas City. You see a Trey Burton. Uh, you may see a lot of what they try to do, like you said, with Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. So uh, you just you just hope that, you know, I, I'm, I'm almost – positive. I'm I'm very confident that Trubisky's overall skill set is better than Alex Smith. Even though people diss Alex Smith, uh, we diss Alex, man. A lot of people diss Alex because he's not great with that deep ball. Um, But, you know, Alex is a winner. He's always won wherever he's gone. But I I still think the overall skill set from True is, uh, is better than Alex Smith. He might not be Wentz. But I know he's better than Alex Smith, so you can do something with that. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and I, I think that the reason for those boys, you mentioned Wentz, I'm going to put golf in that same category. The reason for that jump that they made is because the team went out and got the, the needed pieces for them to succeed. I mean, you can have all the talent in the world, but be surrounded by bums and not reach your full potential. You need other talent around you. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Same thing across – all sports that uh, that are team oriented, you need talent around you to actually show. Okay, this is the full potential of this person. So, when Trubisky gets all of these pieces, man, I think he's going to be right up there with them. I, I really do. Yeah, you know what I'm most surprised about though, man, is uh, Kirk Cousins. Man, I read that he turned down more money from the Jets. But you know what, I. I don't, I don't blame Kirk Cousins because, I mean, if, if I'm only getting $2 million more from a team like the Jets and I can go to the Vikings who has the opportunity to make it to the Super Bowl again, I mean, 
I would go that route. But man, I think he's the highest paid quarterback in history now, right? Yeah. Yeah. All that money was guaranteed. That is insane. Was it all guaranteed? It's all eighty four million, baby. He is laughing it up right now. All guaranteed. Wow. So Kirk Kirk is good. He he's good. You like that. Well, so you know that that's, that's the stage for next year, then, because then who whoever are the free agents next year? Because Kirk Cousins wasn't considered a, a top five quarterback, you know. But, but right. man, Garoppolo got he only got like a half million more than Garoppolo. Like Garoppolo yes. got broke off, you know what I'm saying? They they yeah, San Francisco yeah. paid that man, so the 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 bar was already set. Um. I think I was more surprised, though, with Drew Brees because I, I felt like even though, you know, yeah, he's in his latter stage of his career and $25 million is is not shabby at all, I still feel like he should have been able to get at least 30 at least 30 But Drew is that type of cat. Brees is that type of cat, man, where he, he's looking at his team. He's looking at he's got maybe two, three more years, two, three more bites to the yeah. apple to get to the Super Bowl. They were right there. You know, you talk about that that grouping of teams, the Philly, the Minnesota, and the Saints. That's probably was your one, two, and three teams in the NFC this year. So he's looking at that like, I ain't finna take too much of this money. Let's let's go and and get some pieces and get us over that hump, especially considering that now, you know, when you got cousins in Minnesota, that's a scary thing. Because, you know, yeah. Kirk Cousins isn't I, I wouldn't put him in my top five quarterbacks, but if you think about it, he's better than Case Keenum, and better than Case Keenum would have gotten Minnesota to the Super Bowl last year. I completely agree. I I think uh, that is a major upgrade. Uh, Thielen and Diggs, yeah, that's going to be really nice. Uh, Kirk Cousins has always been known for his accuracy, so I I think that's going to be excellent. So where would you rank Cousins then? If, if, if we, I think we can probably all come to the consensus that is either Brady or Aaron Rodgers one and two. Well, he's in the top. I think he's like right at ten. Okay, maybe right at ten because I I don't see I see him as like a lower top tier quarterback if that makes any sense. Like at the right at the bottom of the the, the top tier quarterback. So he's in the middle of the pack basically. He's at the top of the middle and at the bottom of the top. <laughs> so you got what you got, Brady and Rogers, one and two, in whichever order you want to do that. Um, you got Wentz three. His I Wentz would, three. Man, I, I would I would put Roethlisberger as four. Big Ben is declining. I think he's good because he has all those that that high high powered offense. I don't know. I wouldn't put him four, even though that's my dude every year for. Uh, Fantasy football, I ride or die with Big Ben, but uh, I don't know. Breeze is Breeze and and Rogers and Brady. I think those are the three guys still. Numero uno. Yeah, Ben's Ben's got a lot of weapons, man. He uh, he's got you know likely got the, the best, best receiver in football. And yeah. He's got top three running back in football. That's. That's a lot, man, to, to have it. Then, then Juju on that beat came out of nowhere, too. Still got Martavis. Juju on that beat. Hey, Juju. Martavis is good as gone. Martavis is yeah, good he's as probably gone, man. He's, uh, 
he's he's a he's a problem. Um, he got he got to stay out that smoke, man. Well, he can bring his weed and his medicinal issues to Chicago as a uh, wide receiver if he want to. I'm good. I'm good. We got Allen Robinson. Haley <laughs> uh, Gabriel. If it Crabtree got cut today, I wouldn't mind that. Did he? Wait, what? Michael Crabtree got released. <laughs> what is wrong with the league right now, because man? Bears need to jump in this. The Raiders went Jordy Nelson. The Raiders brought in Jordy. And that's another quarterback for you, Derek Carr. But the Raiders brought in Jordy, and they released Crabtree. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know, I, I actually got a side question. We're talking about the receivers going on, because that, that's a nice little duo if Jordy can stay healthy. If he's healthy, obviously he's still got a little something left in the tank. He's 32 now. So he's 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 on the the, the back end of his uh his peak. But uh with Jordy and Amari there, what do you all think about Cleveland's duo? Because I'm liking them too if they can stay healthy with Gordon and Landry. I like that a lot. Cleveland went yeah. Cleveland went for it. Yeah. Cleveland tried to get yeah. some things done and, and they the the only thing what works in their favor actually is is they're in a pretty subpar division. Um Pittsburgh's gonna always be there, but that next team is, yeah. is always like up for grabs. It's the Ravens or the Bengals or so Cleveland can catch one of those two teams and maybe sneak into the playoffs. Uh you know, they they got they got a little something in front of them. And they I think they're still gonna draft a quarterback. Um, you know, they, they got they got a little bit lined up. That that front office cat that they brought out from Green Bay is got a lot of activity and a lot of good activity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I for some reason I thought after all of those acquisitions, they somehow gave up the one order four or something. And I'm looking back at it and I'm still seeing them holding on to those picks. I, I'm man, they are set up for success if they do it right. They just need to get the quarterback, like you said, and that, that could be a, a team that turns it around quick because that defense is already looking pretty nice. But I'm hearing something, man, that's very Cleveland of them right now. I'm hearing they don't want Saquon. Are you stupid? You stupid. Are you kidding me? You get the best person on the board. I don't care if he's he 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 look, I'm getting flustered now. That don't make any sense to me. That's the number one overall talent in the in the draft coming up. He already showed you what he can do at the combine. Crazy numbers. Yeah. Like that that's a no brainer. That's a no brainer. They saying it's uh they saying as far as talent. Most people got Saquon and Quentin Nelson graded at the top of the top of the draft talent wise. Obviously, Quentin Nelson's an interior lineman, so he's going to go further down. They're not going to take him number one, but those two are at the top of the list as far as talent at their position. I heard on uh, the score that quarterbacks obviously are a a a, a high value pick quarterbacks are always going to be more important than running backs running backs are like kind of a luxury you know but in my opinion you cannot pass up a a, a a talent like Barkley I won't go as far as saying it's generational but I'm on the edge of maybe saying that because of what he shows 
So, you know you need a quarterback. You have two of the first four picks. Don't screw it up and be Cleveland. But saying all that, they might just do the Cleveland thing, like you said, and and pick Minka Fitzpatrick with the first pick uh, or do something stupid. Dude, I mean, Barkley is like Le'Veon with more speed and more power. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Somebody give me a time. But, you know, they want to run. Did they, uh, they got Carlos Hyde, though, right? They can roll with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They got Carlos, too. You're right. I mean, uh, Carlos is okay. I think Carlos was underrated when he was at uh, – in, in in San Fran, but uh, yeah, you ain't you ain't Saquon, bro. You ain't Saquon, and you you say Le- Le'Veon with more speed. Oh, give me that, give me that all day. All right, the next segment we're gonna get into is uh, we're gonna talk about some trash talk. Uh, over the years, we've seen uh, being in Chicago, uh, we've seen some of the best trash talkers uh, there are in sports. But who who are some of the best? that we've seen it throughout history, and who are some of the best that you may know of that's going on right now? Well, if you're going to talk trash talkers, it's the, the fastest, the best sport to get into is basketball. When it comes to that. I mean, obviously, you got the goal. I feel like Michael Jordan was the greatest trash talker of all time. I mean, this man literally will tell you what he wants to do, what he's going to do, and then do it. Even though you know which way he was going, he was still going to score on you. I think Chris Weber has said, like, in one of his uh, statements that when they played them in the, fight, in the playoffs in the first round, and Mike said, I'm going to go left, I'm going to post up, cross over, spin, and still score on you. And he mm-hmm. got still scored on him. So this man, <laughs> not only was he the best when it comes to just trash talking, getting inside his opponent's head, this man just knew how to back it up like nobody else knew how. It's the GOAT, baby, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with that. Well, since you took the goat, I'm going to take uh, the, the little goat. I'm taking KG. KG just couldn't stop talking. The man had a had a blab of mouth. And then on top of that, he looked like he was going to punch you in the face. He always looked like he was crazy. He hitting his head on the, on the uh, I forgot what the thing is called, you know, the, the, that holds the, the, the hoop. The stanchion. Yeah, the extension. It, the man was just doing all type of crazy stuff to get in your head. And so not only was he a, a, a good trash talker, psychologically and mentally, he would just get in your head, too, and just take you out of your game. And I think that 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 went a long way. He was a great player. He wasn't just trash talking and, you know, was whack. You know, he, he, he backed it up with, with his play and his words. I mean, KG was just hurtful. I mean, <laughs> he... he, he Joe Kim Noah basically said that he hated that guy because he would just say hurtful things. I'll mm. never forget that uh, he called Charlie Villanueva a cancer patient. Oh, I forgot about uh, that. Call him that. He made uh, Big Baby cry on the bench. <laughs> Hence, <laughs> the name. Hence the name. Um, he had said something to Tim Duncan um, about his wife or something. Like, dude, he he had no boundaries when he was talking trash to people. Uh, and then there's there's Larry Bird. I, I had heard things about Larry Bird, man, who 
you know, he did a lot of what, you know, what Mike did too. Uh, Larry would tell you what he was going to do and then go out and do it. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's something to be said for that because you're putting pressure on yourself to, to back up your trash, you know, but, but Mike would, Mike would get that edge psychologically. Uh, I remember he, uh, it was one time he, what, in the playoffs against the Bullets, he got off the bus mm-hmm. and said, which one are y'all finna get this 50? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he did. And then and we can't underestimate GP, man, the glove. That was my next pick. Yeah, he, not only not only was he a good trash talker, he wouldn't stop talking. Like, dude talked throughout the whole game to the point where, like, you were irritated. You know, so, you no, know, he... He got under Mike's skin a little bit. Yeah. You know, something. And it, it, it transcends into other sports. Um, Richard Sherman. Oh, yeah, Rich, Richard Sherman. A lot of your your edge guys talk a lot. Um, mm-hmm. OBJ, Josh Norman. Yeah, a lot, a lot of your, your skill guys talk a lot. Um you don't hear about a whole lot from quarterbacks. You hear, you hear from defensive players. I think it might be a, a mentality where, uh, you know, as a defensive player, I, I believe that as a defensive player, you're a natural-born hater, no matter what your sport. If you're, if you're a defender and you take pride in that, you're a natural-born hater. You want to see the guy across from you fail. So, you know, I, I think that the trash talk that comes with that uh, goes hand in hand with that mindset. You know what? I I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, w- one quarterback that does come to mind, and I think me and Calvin saw this happen one time. Uh, he backed it up that year. Uh, his his his. I think it was. I don't think he was the MVP that year, but Cam Newton, uh, maybe three years ago. Oh uh, yeah, he was a he he is a huge trash talker. Now was he still is? But that year when he was killing and they almost won it all. Oh, man, that man was talking up a storm, doing all type of dance moves. I remember one time me and Calvin was watching it, and uh, he got into the end zone, and he was doing his little dab, you know, back when it was coming out, it was popular. And uh, some dude from the other team was like, hey, man, quit all that. We don't want all that. And he tried to push him out the way. He just stepped to the side and started dabbing again. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I was like, yeah, he's confident. He can back it up, too. You know what, man? One of the most underrated trash talkers, though, maybe not underrated, but maybe forgotten, is Terrell Owens, man. Like, mm. T.O. will score a run to the 50-yard line, lay on the ground, and do and, and, dis, and just disregard the Dallas star. Like, I mean, this man did everything, man. Popcorn, dancing with the cheerleaders. Man. The Sharpie. That's a good one. That's a good one. The Sharpie, man. And then, you know, that, that goes into touchdown celebrations and things like that. Uh, one cool thing about the NFL this year is they brought the touchdown celebration back. And we saw some some big things this year, man. It was uh, it was routines that teams were going into. And you, t- you could tell a lot of thought that went into it, that it was segments of practice that went to these, some of these touchdown celebrations, man. Uh, did y'all see any of this year that, that y'all was uh, feeling? You know, I mean, to me, it gets to a point where I guess 
I feel like as long as it's not taken away from the game, like, you know, as long if they're spending so much time on trying to get together these celebrations, because a lot of them, as they score, they're trying to get the guys together, like, come on, come on, come on, come on, because they know they're going to do the celebration. I mean, is this is this included in the practice or what? But, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's entertaining, and that's what the NFL wants. I mean, they tried to ban it for, what, a year or two, and, you know, you see that it's back now. I think one of the celebrations that stuck out of my mind, man, I, I want to say, man, it was a lot of them, to be honest with you. I can't even think of them at the top of my head, but I know it was a lot of them that really was, was unique. But it just seems like they spent a lot of time practicing it, man. I got to give props to my boy, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, he he, he got a little hood in, hit him, in, in him or something because every time he gets to the end zone, he always come up with some – uh, crazy celebration, but the one that I read that really stood out to me was when they did the sack race, the potato sack race, when he uh scored a touchdown and then they both were acting like they were jumping in the, in the sack bag and uh two of them fell over and then Travis Kelsey won the race. It was it was pretty hilarious. I thought that was very creative and you know they they had to have practiced that type of thing, you know, over the week that that had to have been practiced, but that was pretty creative. My one that stood out to me, man. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw it. It was either the Chiefs or the Vikings. I can't remember. They did Duck, Duck, Goose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was nice. That was real they, nice. They scored in the end zone, man, sat down and did the Duck, Duck, Goose. And, then, you know, that, that was hilarious to me. And it, to me, it brought some of the fun back to the NFL, these, these elaborate touchdown celebrations. Uh, I enjoy them. I enjoy them. And uh, hopefully it's something they can, they can keep up. And these cats can uh, keep some originality and some uh, creativity as they go forward in the NFL. Hey, hey, real quick, Chris, and, and and I'm only saying this because I feel like it would be disrespectful to not mention this name back to what we were talking about where who were the greatest trash talkers. I almost forgot about Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was probably one of the best at trash Ever. talking. And he did it poetically. And obviously, he had a track record of just playing with his opponents, doing what he had to do. So I, I just wanted to throw that name out there. Oh, by all means, bro. I mean, that that's... Uh, yeah, maybe he's the GOAT. I didn't even think about him. That's the pinnacle right there. I mean, you're talking about... And then you're talking about the time between bouts. You know, you got to hear this every day. Um, what was it when, when he first fought Sonny Liston? He, re- he was outside Sonny Liston's house every day yelling at his house. <laughs> That's commitment right there. <laughs> I'm going to be at home going to sleep waiting for my battle. This man outside his house talking crazy. So he, one thing he said was he looked for psychological edges like that. That's why he talked because he said half them fights, man, he was fighting guys bigger than him and he was scared. So he would talk to, he's like, if I can get in their head, you know, he wouldn't. He knew he had an edge going in. But it's been another good one, fellas. Uh, this closes out uh, this latest episode of the Stay Eyes Podcast. I've been Chris, Cal, Jordan. I'll let you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs>